1: Toda buena fiesta comienza con un buen outfit y tu próxima cita es con JCPenney, en donde encuentras de todo para cualquier ocasión, ya sea elegante o casual, tenemos puro estilo para ti. Desde vestidos, trajes, colores y estampados, te marcas como Liz Claiborne, Worthington, Stafford y Jay Ferrar. ¡Ay, no olvidemos thereabouts para los chiquitos! Descubre lo último en la tienda o en jcp.com, estilo de pieza cabeza para donde sea que vayas. JCPenney.
0: the five-year plan extra podcast sponsored by Miranda Jane Photography for professional, Unique Photography, Weddings and More. Go to Fo- Photography.co.uk. Thought I'd get it in early and I've managed to screw it up. Um, Palace have lost to Chelsea 2-1 today and I am joined by Adam Sells and Chris Windsor and we are at the Chelsea Harbour Hotel Ooh. sitting, looking over the boats in the harbour. This, I think, Adam, this is the fanciest podcast we've ever done.
2: Only the best, good enough for you, James.
0: Don't <laughs> <laughs> oh, change. <James. Yes. laughs> now it's the most formal podcast you've, <laughs> you've ever done. Um, how are you, Chelsea mate?
2: Well, it's business as usual at the moment, really, isn't it? So um, it's not uh, week to week at the moment. It's not really changing too much. Although we have a little bit more encouragement after the uh, second half tonight.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, it was an unchanged palace team, I think Skip Skip, was it not? It was. Well I done. Well, was. well observed. <laughs> I thought you were meant to be in the press box. I was, I was. <laughs> but I'll be honest, I was more distracted by the food in the press box, which was unreal. The best food of any grand. Well if you'd
2: sat in there to half time eating it, you'd have probably enjoyed
1: your day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, the football got in the way of a really nice day of eating food. Um, was that the lineup? do you think that he should have gone with then? Does that make sense?
3: Uh, yeah, I think, you know, the players that went out against Man United, despite the result, gave their all, um, it was a good performance on Monday night, um, I think there's reward, you know, we don't know how fit Sacco and Zaha were, obviously Zaha was good enough to play 45 minutes and didn't look that rusty, you know, but we'll probably come to that a bit later, um, I think it was more the shape and formation that kind of led us down. Where we did really well at the start of the season against Chelsea is against that back three where there was pace up front and you had the likes of Cahill and I think it was Louise at the time really struggled with someone at the ball running at them. Uh, And the first half I think was probably the easiest those three centre-halves have had in the fact that there was no pace. They knew exactly where the ball was going. They could put one defender on each and then the third one would just mop up the second balls. and. I think that was our downfall it allowed Chelsea to pretty much have the ball for you know 43 out of 45 minutes I'd say
0: (laughs) I mean it wasn't quite bad as the percentages in the Huddersfield Swansea game which was I think 81% for Huddersfield by, by, by full time 30 shots and nine against Swansea and end up nil nil. That's for a different podcast, or well, Literally a Huddersfield podcast. Um, but I mean the thing is Adam, he hasn't got with these injuries, he hasn't got a lot of options, has he, really, with these kind of games at the moment?
2: No. The last time I was on with you, I think was after the Everton game and I did talk about yeah. the the issues with the sort of balance of the team and I think obviously you always want your key personnel. I think there are three players that Palace can't manage without. I think in general if you're changing James Tompkins or Scott Dan or James McArthur or Johan or and so on, I don't think it's a sort of massive problem but I think Mamadou Sakho Ruben Loftus-Cheek and Wilfred Zaha particularly the latter two in terms of their ability to drive forward with the ball make us a very different proposition and I don't think we have like-for-like like, um, replacements for those players at that level and I think that's the big miss. You know, I don't think, as I said to you, that, you know, if we have Schlapp or Van Arnholt or it's not going to affect the strength of the team massively because people would have a view over, you know, whether they should or shouldn't be in the side and who should and shouldn't play. But I don't think there's a Crystal Palace fan who wouldn't pick Wilfred Zaha, who wouldn't pick Mamadou Sacco, who wouldn't pick Ruben Loftus-Cheek, to be honest. So I do I do think, as you just said, his options are limited. But I'm not sure that Sir Lott and Ben Techie is a front two, really. I think it's sort of one or the other. And you, you might be better off playing a sort of more mobile. I, you know, I talked previously about using Chungi, which isn't a universally uh, popular choice. And, you know, I understand why. You know, all, all things being equal, I'm not suggesting to you that he'd be in my sort of strongest team. But he is a bit of a ball carrier and and can get you up the pitch and do a little bit on the ball. So it's not about his quality so much but just more of a, a balanced personnel and giving us a little bit more of an attacking threat and you know lot he obviously is working very hard you can see but it's a big step for him at this stage you know coming from where he has to, to where he is and you know I've been reasonably pleased certainly with his endeavour that's for sure but uh, he's a little bit nearly man at the moment and he needs to come from Nearly man to really man. Really, if we're going to, uh,
0: we're
3: going to get get
2: the uh, yeah. It's, uh, if we're going to get the goals and the and and, and the, the points we need to get us out of trouble. Really, I think.
0: I mean, speaking of surlot and Benteke, at half time, Roy goes from the four four two back to the kind of four three three four five one kind of thing with the target man at top. But he keeps on surlot and it's only his fourth game in English football. Is that a big statement from Roy taking off Benteke? Didn't look injured. It just wasn't having a good Yeah, game. and it
3: was quite a shock for us. Um, I think when we saw Wolf warming up, I think me and you know my brother definitely said, "Oh, it's probably going to be Shuk that's coming off," because I think he had a poor first half, and we yeah. thought that would be the natural replacement. Would almost take you'd have two wide players, and we would keep these two big men, and we'd keep on peppering and peppering, sort of thing. Uh, but no, it was um, it was a statement of intent, and within two minutes, off hits the post, and I think you know, and a couple of inches either either, you know, the other side and you get to that goal, it could have been a completely different game. Um, I wonder whether that's kind of a, a kick up Benteke's backside as well. You know, Hodgson saying, I brought in a bit of competition for you uh, and I'm not afraid to drop you now that, you know, we're in crunch time uh, and I was saying to Selzy just before uh, the podcast that we're going to have to start getting these players to invoke that kind of Hillsborough spirit. Uh, and there are some out there um, that probably aren't putting their bodies on the line, you know, leaving everything out on that pitch for 90 minutes. And um, was a brave call by Hodgson, um, but I thought it, it paid off to an extent.
0: I mean, thinking someone that did put his body on the line is uh, James Tompkins. Yeah, he's absolutely
2: fantastic, wasn't yeah. he? I mean, he's he's been a big plus for us this season, I think. He's done very, very well. And he made some critical blocks today and threw his body in the way of things. And, you know, really... Uh, He's really become a leader for us while the chips have been down a little bit. And I thought him and James McArthur particularly, both of them, well, they're a manager's dream, really, I guess. you know I can imagine James McArthur as a favourite of any manager he's ever played for. You've got a low-maintenance guy who gives you absolutely everything. He probably carries out every instruction to the letter and uh, he's disciplined and controlled and full of endeavour and energy in his performance. So, regardless of what anyone could say about various players' abilities you know endeavour and desire you know should come as standard but probably doesn't with everybody you know
3: I think he's definitely a typical Palace player Um, he got rave reviews at West Ham not necessarily for the fact that you know they said he was their fourth choice centre half when they sold him to us but because he kind of embodied the club's spirit, Um, and you saw that today. You know, we're on 80 minutes, we're 2-0 down, and he's still willing to put his head uh, up against Giroud's foot and put his head through the ball, still willing to get into a scrap, uh, fight for every last possession sort of thing, and that's that kind of infectious energy you want from, you know, a leader, as, um, as Adam said, to kind of hopefully rub off on the team and you saw as soon as he was getting his head involved the crowd got loud and then you pick up the ball and actually we then hit on the counter and I think we scored from, from one of the, well obviously from one of his kind of clearances and getting stuck in and it's just going to take the 11 to do that over these next games you know it's a little cliche term but I think we're going to be approaching kind of cup final time for the next 8-9 games coming up. Yeah, I mean they are winnable games and so obviously we'll talk about them in, in
0: future pods but um, Celsius, the, the two first goals, and the, well, the two goals in the first half, both avoidable goals. I mean, mm. is Wayne at fault for both? I mean, what, what do you think? I know, I know we, we hammer Wayne a lot on this pod, but you know, arguably, could have done better with both.
2: Perhaps. I mean, he's he the, the first goal with the deflection, although it was a deflection. It was quite a long way out, and the ball didn't seem to be travelling at great speed. Wayne, from a, a technical point of view, as a goalkeeper, gets caught and. I saw some stuff on social media this week, people talking about, um, oh, isn't he unlucky he gets beat by all these wonderful goals? Well, I think there's a little bit more to it than that, if I'm honest. Wayne gets caught bouncing on the goal line and he's off the ground often and has to land before he goes. And that split second that his studs are off the ground that he has to come down again means he misses his steps or doesn't get there quick enough. I, I looked at some of the goals that have gone in last year, the goal that Deli Alley scored, I actually sort of did quite a bit of analysis on that from a few angles. And by the, he did the same thing there. And by the time he started to move towards the ball, the ball was six yards from him and it was the strike was from 22 yards. So he lost 18 yards by the time he was sorting his feet out and coming back down again. And I think he looks a little bit, I mean, I thought he looked very nervous the other night. And the goal, much as it was a great strike from Matic at the end, I thought was something similar where his feet were off the ground, he came back down and then couldn't get his feet across. And he dropped a couple of routine things in the first half that I thought made everyone a little bit edgy and the crowd and so on. So The,
0: the foot thing, though, because we spoke about this, about this the other night, is yeah. the foot thing, is it a nervous thing? Why? Why would a goalkeeper do that?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's... It's it's very the job's very difficult. The, when you're sitting in the stand and somebody strikes the ball from from twenty five yards out, you're all sitting there going, "Oh, it's a long way out!" and "Oh, what a strike!" and "Oh, you know, how does he score from there?" But when you're four or five yards from the line and there's only an eighteen yard gap, all of a sudden and stuff like that, then uh, then there uh, then they're, that really sort of Cuts down your reaction time, and you're much closer to it when you're standing there than you than you ever imagined.
0: Yeah, and the balls are hit hard as well, aren't they, um, Skip? So you're just getting distracted by the people in the background um, who are. Obviously not, Wayne Hennessy fans. Um, <laughs> w- what are your thoughts then? Because, I mean, the second goal as well, it, it's across sort of from the right. I can't remember who it is, gets in behind the fullback, And as he goes for it, Wayne sort of goes to get the ball, misses the ball. And because he's missed it, he's in it, in, in the zone that when Kelly, Kelly tries to clear it, 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 hits, it hits, hits him. him and so goes in.
2: I think I think it's a little bit unfortunate, Jim, on his part. But one thing, sorry to jump in, but one thing I did, you know, I, I do believe that, that you look at things over a period of time and, There are some sort of common faults that reoccur, if you like. Goalkeepers are always going to make errors, right? They're always going to make mistakes. But if they're making the same type of mistake over and over again, then you become concerned. And I I am a believer also in looking at patterns. And uh, before the game today, over the games he's played this season with Wayne, we've averaged 0.72 points a game with Julian we've averaged 1.27 points a game, which is more than half a point a game. Over a season, that's 19 points in 38 matches. It's massive. Now, I'm not saying to you that would be maintained, that gap, but just even half a dozen could be absolutely critical, couldn't they? And I wonder, you know, it'd be a big game for Wayne next week, I think, with Huddersfield, because if it doesn't, you know, if he he looks edgy, and we hope he can, uh, you know, get it together, but You know, I'm thinking back to the Chelsea home game when Roy brought Julian in when he was injured and the effect that it galvanised the team a little bit and I'm wondering perhaps whether we might need a second round to get us over the line before the end of the season, you know?
0: Possibly. I mean, we have to be fair to Wayne as well, Skip, that he did pull off a couple of saves in this game. Oh, One yeah, from Hazard yeah. in the second half. Like he, Obviously, goalkeeper's errors are going to be magnified, but he, he does make saves as well. But unfortunately, it's today, some of the errors do lead to goals. Yeah,
3: and, and you, can, you can tell when he has a good game because the people in front of him, whether it be Tompkins, Sacco, Dan, or you know, whatever combination we're putting out whatever, you know, that week, um, it's infectious. When he, I think when we played, uh, was it Stoke, we dropped Jules and put him in. I think we did for Brighton as well for yeah, kind of those. And he was coming out and claiming crosses because that was what he was in for. You could tell the defence were like, oh, OK, this is, this is the Wayne Hennessy we're having today. Yeah. And the thing is that it's not, a, it's not a week in, week out. You know, with Jules, he's always <laughs> going to be, you know, a 7 out of 10 with Wayne. Chelsea last year was absolutely fantastic, you know, the goal that he conceded was not his fault and he made 14 saves, you know, most of them were routine but compared to, you know, when we played Villa the year before and he had one shot to save and he threw it in his net, 14 routine saves from, from, from Hennessy is what you want as a Palace fan. The problem is you either get a, a four or five out of 10 performance or you get a nine out of 10 performance. You very rarely kind of get that middle of the road where you just got that consistency that we're looking for, uh, you know, and, and it rubs off on, on the team around him. I remember, was it Stoke away last year when him and MacArthur had a full blown row in the 18 yard box um, because he was just like, you're in goal. call, cool. Make decisions, you know, yeah. shout at us because we're going to get in the way. You know, don't, don't get angry when we get in the way because you've not made a call. And I think communication seems to be quite a quite a big issue and um, whereas Jules is you know what he lacks in height and um, etc he makes up in the fact that he's very vocal he comes and claims his balls uh, no pun intended um, <laughs> um, but they he almost plays as kind of the third centre half in the in the way that he talks to them and, and moves them around whereas I kind of feel that the back four is very isolated from the goalkeeper with Hennessy at times. Uh, and that's why you get those indecision moments and that kind of peering through, you know, oh, is this going to happen? Oh, please, no. Oh. oh, we just about got away with that one. I yeah. think that's I think pretty,
2: that's I think it's pretty fair. Yeah, I would yeah. say, I mean, in fairness to Wayne, you know, even in the last couple of games where he's been a bit up and down, he has, like you said, he's made one or two decent saves and things. But, you know, the Tottenham game, he made a couple of decent saves, but then he's caught at the near post for the corner over protecting it, then he's on the move when the header comes in, it's a soft header and goes in and you're, there's a lot where you come away thinking, oh I might do a bit better yeah. and Skippy there's talking about sort of steadiness and your goalkeeper and that's really what you want, a sort of calm authority and a trust and probably, you know, Wayne's got some good tr- I mean he kicks the ball fantastically but I'd, I'd, I'd feel that the other fella is going to probably win you a lot more points in terms of making saves and and not too many sort of routine errors or goals where you go, oh really, you know. But
0: but also I mean we should be fair as well in saying that Hennessy is by no means Palace's only player on that makes mistakes or underperforms. And today no. Schlupp had a poor game, I thought Luca was off the pace, whereas Mac alongside him was doing well, so he's certainly not by no means our worst player and, and, and at fault you know, more throw so than other players.
3: No, and, and in the day, it was like eight, nine games left. Um, we can't bring in another keeper before then. Uh, and as Palace fans, I you know, I know that we love to moan on, on social media and I'm probably guilty of that as well. But we're going to have to kind of hark back to the days where we, there were 10,000 of us at Sellers Park, but we made it sound like there were 20, you know, and we took... Three, four hundred away, but made it sound like five thousand sort of thing. Uh, we have to rally together uh, and get behind, and, and we did that today, at Chelsea. I thought the crowd were very good. Um, you know, um, commiserations to Chelsea. Obviously, they lost sixty people in the week, and their sixty-minute silence was kind of uh, admirable. You know, uh, when you get to the point when um, the away end are cheering and singing songs about your your own home substitutes louder than the entire stadium are. Yeah. Yeah, but we expected that. Come on in. We is. do, but that—that that, you know, there have been away games this year where the the crowd hasn't been kind of forthcoming, uh, and that was kind of harking back to us against you know everyone else mentality. And I think we're going to have to carry that forward. Huddersfield next week, where it's going to be quite a hostile stadium. Yeah. The um, uh, Bournemouth, else we've got Watford, Sam Stoke, all these sort of grounds are actually we're going to go against home fans that are going to be right up against it as well. That. You know, it's the whole. You know, we're going to have to be the twelfth man. But you can see how the players play off of it. You can tell that kind of. You know, you cheer the tackle and they drive forward. That energy is infectious. Um, and we talk about trying the players to, you know, spread infectious energy. Tompkins and all of that. The crowd have got as much to play. so That's my plea to you all.
1: No, that's good. That
3: that sounded like a, a team talk. It almost like a Roy Hodgson <laughs> team talk.
0: And on that, let's hear from Roy because this is what he told reporters after the game uh, here at Stamford Bridge. <laughs>
1: Uh, Something, yes, I so heard. Sorry, yeah, sorry, sorry. I'm thinking what the right answer <laughs> to the question is. You know, <laughs> these very open ended questions always need a lot of thought. Um, I sum it up probably by saying that it's, it's a shame that we didn't play the whole of the game as we played the second half. I thought there was far too big a difference between the first half and the second half in our performance, both defensively and offensively. And we we paid the price for it because to come in two goals to nil down against a team of Chelsea's quality and not least of all their pace and power on the counter-attack it was always going to be very, very difficult and at half-time a repeat of the first performance could have ended extremely badly for us the second half I thought was much better I thought we were more aggressive I thought that we pushed up better from the back and played really as we were hoping to play right from the first whistle And of course, the introduction of Wilf Sahar gave us a little bit of a bonus, and we started to ask questions of Chelsea. And in the end, you know, we could have actually drawn the game because we still feel a bit aggrieved. At least, everyone tells me I should feel very aggrieved about the goal that was chalked off. I only saw it from the touchline. The people who are telling me I should feel aggrieved are ones who've studied it on the video, and they tell me that, you know, there wasn't too much wrong with it.
2: Okay. Do you have any regrets about not starting Zaha? In that
1: case? No, because the fact is that would we'll be being wise after the event. Uh, if I'd have started with Zaha and he'd have broken down in the, in the 15th or 20th minutes, he's only done one and a half training sessions and uh, then was unable to play for the rest of the season, you'd have a very different question. Do you regret playing with Zaha? Because you know, now you're going to miss him for the last eight games of the season. I thought we balanced it up as best we could, um, I would have preferred to have kept him on the bench longer, but the fact is I was disappointed with our first half performance, didn't think it was anywhere near good enough, I didn't think we were working hard enough, didn't think we were posing enough of a threat, and I didn't think we were passing the ball well enough, so I'm afraid the temptation to bring a player of his quality on was, a, was too, too uh, strong a temptation for me to resist. Well, I don't know. You know, at the moment, we've just suffered, you know, three straight defeats against you know our top teams, and on each occasion, we haven't discredited ourselves in any way, and I don't think we've got anything to be ashamed of in any of the uh, performances. Um, certainly, there's only one half of those of those six where I think we've been below the level that we believe we can reach. Um, but the bottom line is that you know we can see the 88th minute goal against. Tottenham to take away a point that we'd worked hard for. We conceded a 92nd-minute goal against Man United to take away a point we thought we'd worked hard for. And today we've we've done our level best to come back on terms with Chelsea and perhaps if the referee had not seen a foul or not interpreted what happened as a foul, we might have even come away from this game with a point. So optimism I don't know. I think it's very clear to me and very clear to the players what we've got to do in these last eight games, and it will be really to reproduce five of these last six six halves that we've produced and uh, to make certain that we leave no stone unturned in our fight to stay in the league. So far as you are aware, as, as I've come, yes. come through, yes, yes. yes.
3: Clearly, he couldn't have played today in any case. But are you
0: confident that
1: maybe Ruben, can be a contributor for you in the stretch? Well, we know he can be in terms of his quality. You know, when he when he got injured uh, and returned to Chelsea for treatment, you know, he was, you know, a, a major contender for place in the England World Cup squad, and was, 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 had played the, the last two matches for England. So the big question is now: Can he? Can he get back and, and, and reproduce that form? I see absolutely no reason why he can't. Uh, he's He's been uh, past fit from the injury. Um, he couldn't have played today. In fact, we haven't, still haven't seen him because he's trained with Chelsea all week anyway. Um, but from next week on, he'll be back in training. Johan Kabay back, will be back in training. Sacco, hopefully, will be training from the first day of training rather than just the day before the match and of course Wilf will get a full week's training as well and if that happens my squad will be looking a lot more like the squad it was looking like uh, just before Christmas and it will give me options tactically and options in terms of personnel which to be quite frank I've not had in these last three or four weeks and I think it's a great credit to the players you know I I can't speak highly enough of of the back four for example you know Uh, uh Bissaka, Martin Kelly, James Tompkins, Patrick Van Arnholt, because basically they've been what we've got and, and they've done a fantastic job. the bodies on
0: the line no absence of
1: commitment on the Well the level of commitment wasn't good enough in the first half in my opinion. You know I don't think I don't think we had all eleven doing that in the first half. We did have all eleven doing it in the second half.
0: of your extra podcast here at the Chelsea Harbour Hotel. Other hotels are available. Um, where Palace have lost 2-1 to Chelsea, this pod is sponsored by Miranda Jane Photography for professional unique photography of weddings and more. Go to UK. We still haven't got a catchphrase, by the way. Has anyone got anything? We'll do a poll. Can Someone we'll suggested um, go to mirandajanephotography.co.uk. Click. Mm-hmm. As in click online and click other... Have no, got, no Selzy's, um, Selzy's not enjoying that one.
3: Have, 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 <laughs> not we, a fan. Have we got surplus, I belong to Dougie t-shirts? Whoever comes up with the best <laughs> caption, we'll post one of them to them. <laughs> yeah, good. I knew those would come relevant again. <laughs> There's was a
2: good test for the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Never kind of were they thinking that thing. They, they were talking about Crystal Palace. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um,
0: okay, so uh, let's talk a bit more about that second half because Wilf comes on and, you know, Wilf, uh, Selzy, as you, you know him well as well from, from when he was a younger player, He's like a machine. You know, he's come back earlier from injury. He's playing today like he's not been away. The guy's got infectious energy. You know, he doesn't look injured. But I'm wondering, we only seem to look good when Wilf's on the team. I mean, I don't want to say we're a one-man team, but we do rely on his, not just his ability, but his infectious kind of energy on the pitch as well.
2: Well, there's two factors. Wilf being Wilf and having that talent that he has and that ability to do wonderful things. But also, going back to what I said to you previously about the balance of the team. The balance of the team is suddenly better. I think it's important that a team must have thrust and you need wide players that can get you up the pitch and go by people. And your, your team is as good often as, as, as how many players you've got that can do something individual and go by people. When you have Loftus, Cheek, Wilford, Townsend they can all do fantastic things and actually in fairness to Townsend he probably becomes even more effective because there's two other players they've got to deal with as well that can do similar things so all of them you know occupy more than one player at a time which ultimately means there's a, there's a little bit more room for others so I think in fairness to Roy obviously yeah, uh, he, he could have started Wilf but that would have been a massive risk you know the game next week is going to be Crucial, or it's going to play a big part. I don't. I never like to say that one game's bigger than another, and all that sort of stuff, because it's a long season. There are lots of twists and turns, and if you, you know, take too much notice of what everybody talks about in this game, you know, it's either like a wedding or a funeral, as I famously say. But the, uh, but the, drink, but there is a, uh, there is a lot in that. You know, you have to be rational. You, if you're working in your in your office every week. When you have a bad day, you know, the whole place doesn't fall apart and, you know, everybody's screaming the place down and then the next day everyone's on their feet thinking it's the greatest thing ever. And I think you you know, all things being equal and I've said this to you earlier in the season, Palace are a team with everybody fit and firing that would be for me between seven, eight, nine, ten in the Premier League. We are outside of the top six, I think we are as good as Everton and Leicester. And I think they're the best three teams outside of the top six. Palace, Everton, Leicester.
0: We well, have got Burnley
2: up there at the moment as well. But I, I honestly don't believe they're better than us. You know, I think the, Roy's been very, very unlucky with the injuries. And had he not, I think we'd have been home and hosed already. I think we'd probably have another 10 points and already be sort of pushing well, on.
0: The, the form under him before a lot of the injuries was top 10 form, wasn't it? I think yeah, it was yeah,
2: even seven or eight or something like that. Yes. And I, I you know, so I do feel for him. But Skippy talked about the fans earlier and the part they've got to play and we mustn't forget that you have to fight for everything all of the time and in that first season under Tony Pulis you know we had a bit of a siege mentality and we were the rank underdogs in every game and and so on and I've seen it before with Palace I have to say you know when uh, we were promoted in the right bright era in 89 you know that first year back the fans were incredible because we didn't expect anything and everybody got behind us. But what happens is, get a little bit more comfortable, and we spend a bit more money, and expect a little bit more, and a little bit more, and a little bit more, and all of a sudden, you know, it's uh, it, we can't have this. Uh, let's turn up and clap the goals going in mentality because we're not there. You know, we have to. You know, we we have to play a part in trying to sort of give everybody every tiny little advantage that we can in the in these final games because it's going to be tight and I, I have to say if you'd have asked me in December the end of December did I think it would be tight and we'd be in this position I probably wouldn't have thought so no. so I'm still optimistic that we'll sort ourselves out but I'm probably a little bit more nervous than I was before but I didn't anticipate missing 11 and 12 players for games at a time and regardless of what the fans say and tell you that oh, well, you know, we should have a bigger squad or a stronger squad. You still have to pay those 11 or 12 players that aren't on the pitch. Yeah. And I think I had a quick count up the other day, and uh, I think there was something in, in wage terms, probably not far, you know, seven hundred and fifty to £800,000 a week's worth of footballers that we haven't been able to pick. Yeah. Right, They're still on the payroll, so everyone that shouts at Steve Parrish, get your wallet out and do this and do that, he still has to pay them. He can't just keep bringing in copious amounts of players on wages and wages and wages without breaking the rules. And so we have. To, it's no good saying we haven't got squad depth because our squad actually isn't bad. Nobody... In a club of our size, nobody is going to cope without eleven or twelve yeah, yeah. players very easily, regardless.
0: But also, I mean, fans do get frustrated and, and people go on Twitter and moan. But it's never going to be as bad as, say, West Ham today, Skippy. You know, where fans are running on the pitch and stealing the corner flags and running up to the directors'
3: box. Probably not a good time to advertise my protest, then, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah.
0: Palace fans won't do that. Palace fans will get frustrated, but they'll always still be supportive, won't they? On the day, I never yeah, get that because,
3: You know. A typical Palace fan reminds me of my dad, you know, he'll sit there and moan for 90 minutes, but, you know, you guarantee two weeks later when we're at home again, Dad, you want to go again, he'll be the first one to get in the car and get on the train and do it all over again, you know.
2: You make it sound like it's a choice.
3: <laughs> it's not, not with him. <laughs> not with any of us. Not with any of us. It's 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 going back to that kind of, you know, us against them mentality. uh, And I've got to agree wholeheartedly what we said there, that, yeah, we probably have got a bit complacent, you know, the big-name signings have come in. And and that stems from the top, you know, the fact that at the end of last season you've got, you know, the chairman tweeting, well, we've got 79 days to crack the top 10 and all of that. And that's the ambition you want, but, you know... You know, people are always going to say, "Well, you said we're going to get to the top ten, so you know, well, you should put your money towards it." And I wholeheartedly agree. You know, you've eight hundred thousand pounds sitting in the treatment room. No, you know, would Man City be top of the table if they had eleven players out? Or the you, the equivalent, you know, if they had the likes of Sane out, two of their best centre halves out, um, yeah. you know, a couple of you know, centre midfielders. Uh, Aguero only and if he gets injured they've got to play, you know, Sterling as their lone striker I don't think they'd be top of the league So yeah. Hodgson has done extremely well um, dealing with that and, and the good news is obviously, you know, from his post-match comments that we're going into that um, Huddersfield game with Kabai, Sako, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, and Zahar due to have a week's training obviously we'll find a way that, you know They'll fall over in a divot in the training <laughs> ground and snap yeah, their ankle. Finger fingernails so. in the coming weeks see, or something. You know, we'll be left with Chung-Yi as a lone striker. <laughs> but.
0: No, I think, I think there's a lot of positives still and there's a lot of other teams that are imploding more than us. Southampton lost 3-0 at Newcastle today. There's a lot of teams in trouble down there. Um, and I, As you say, with the players coming back and, and the fact that performances haven't been you know, terrible over 90 minutes, we've shown promise. In that second half today... Serlo hit the post earlier doors, and he had a goal disallowed as well. Um, so on another day, I, I think over the course of the game, a two-all draw would have been a daylight robbery, potentially given how much they dominated in the first half. But we could have come away from something with that. Do you think on that second goal for Serlo, Adam, that he was unlucky to have that disallowed? Cause it, I, I've only th-
2: seen it the once at the time. and were, I, I'm not sure if it was Mercato or Riedervald or yeah, something. It was something. Avald Avald and was it was... It? Yeah. Um,
0: Cahill sort of dives in and about sort of almost it? it? pulls it back when it's up so you can see why it's given but a bit harsh
2: well I haven't you always these sort of fine margins with the game all the time and that's why I think you can never be too radical in your view about it because the ball rolls one side of a white line or stays the other everybody has a completely different view about it don't they so it's about being rational and and going back to what you just said about are we encouraged I don't think we've lacked endeavour in these recent games, we've been getting beaten we've just come up a little bit short because we haven't had enough flair and quality A, I mean the difference with Wilfred in your team for instance Okay, he can go past people he can get you up the pitch very quickly he gets fouled a lot so when he carries the ball 60 yards and someone brings him down all of a sudden you've got a little bit of a breather and time to get yourself together Against Manchester United, for instance, the other night, we didn't have it, you know, and again today, you know, he gets you up the pitch, he gets fouls, and, and that's a big factor, you know, United were sort of pretty relentless the other night after they sort of came on to us, and you see, after the first half today, the, the difference in having him on, and he looked a little bit rusty in parts and things, but the kid's a great kid, and he's full of desire and wants to do well, and, you know, he, he he's there, from what I gather, you know, talking to a couple of the fellas, you know, that I'm close to inside the club, that, you know, he's desperate, desperate to get himself fit and get himself on the pitch. And everybody's impressed. Yeah. Will's like a little boy to me. You know, he's got sort of this big heart and just wants to sort of please everyone and do well. And yeah. he's full of endeavour. And, yeah. uh, you know, it shows. And let's hope that he can make the difference, which I'm sure we can between now and the end of the season. I
3: think he celebrated the goal probably more than most of the fans did, you know, when that came in. I mean, I saw it go in and I... You know, I'm going to admit it. I, I saw it as a consolation goal at the time. It was that kind of right. Okay, two-one, uh, minus one goal difference, because that could be critical. Looking going forward, you know, we we may need, and uh, we haven't really been hit for six for you know, probably since the Arsenal game. Really, I know Everton was a three-one, but that was kind of a, a, a horrible five minutes as such. But you know Spurs United and Chelsea have you know the potential to have been one of those kind of minus 10 goal differences that we experienced at the start of the season and he's running over to the fans and jeering us all up and I looked at him and went oh actually we might have a chance of nicking something here but it's that kind of um and the beauty of him playing is natural wide players are actually kind of a dying breed I feel at the moment um I was on a, a podcast on Tuesday night, we shoot at the fence. They're a big um, big supporter of, of our, our fanzine, so a little shout-out for them. And they were saying that the, you know, the reason City have done so well is they've realised that actually if you play two wingers that hug the bylines, um, teams get stretched. And you look at the likes of Chelsea, obviously they play wing-backs, but they don't have natural out-and-out wingers. Liverpool's wingers like to come in close. Arsenal, Spurs, it's all the same. That actually, when you come up against two wingers in Townsend Zaha, you, know, you know you stretch the defence, and actually, that could be crucial um, going forward against some of those teams that aren't, you know, necessarily used to it. You know, the England team is probably one to probably take one winger in in the summer in Stirling, so it's a, it's a dying breed, but as long as kind of you've got that endeavour of Benteke or Erluth that you know hopefully they'll win a couple of those balls to the box in the box yeah. um, it could be a difference actually stretching a team out and therefore you kind of release pressure on your midfield because i think that was where in the first half we were we were completely overrun you know and you feel for luca and jimmy Mack because for the past nearly 270 minutes they have been non-stop running they've played three teams that have harassed that midfield yeah. Uh, And there's not been anyone really on the bench. I know Yaro has come on to kind of supplement it, but not in place of any of those, and they've had their legs run off. Um, Hopefully, with lots of sheets coming back, and if you know Holstein does play him centrally, it will push us a little bit further forward. It will give him that breather that you know. um, So, as we're talking about, the fact that we're going to play so much further up the pitch that we are likely to get. Fouls, and uh, we're likely to have the ball in other people's halves and win throw ins, win corners. That Luca and Jimmy Mack are not going to have to be sprinting for 90 minutes on end. And yeah, I, think I that's had
0: I, that's th- I appreciate it. It's there is three hard working games for those three in, you know, in, in succession. That is difficult. But just final word then for this pod on um, Aaron Wambasaka, who kept his place in the team. He's played three games now for Palace professionally uh, in the first team against Tottenham, May United and Chelsea. I mean that is a hell of an introduction to Premier League football and yet again today he held his own didn't he? Are we seeing the birth of, of a potential palace star here, Chelsea?
2: I think so 100%. I think the three words you were looking for baptism of fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> In very large capital letters with full stops after he, each one of them. Yeah. But I've got to say yes, I think he's he looks uh, Gary had said to me previously that he felt that he had a very good chance and one of my pals said to me during the week, you know, well, we've only had him all year. Why haven't we played him? And I said, well, if you're in the manager's position when you're struggling at the bottom of the league, no matter how you feel he, he's doing and showing you, very difficult to drop two established players, uh, Joel Ward or uh, Timothy Foss, who meant to mentor in front of him. So he's had his chance by default. Yeah. I have a feeling that no one's ever going to take that shirt back off him. Now, you know, I really, I really think he's probably going to hold it down. It's uh, he
0: just seems fearless, doesn't he? Absolutely fearless.
2: There, there's a trait I see sometimes in in fullbacks, and in fairness to to Gary, he was sort of involved in converting him into a into a into a fullback because he was a wide player initially. Um, but Kleine was another lad that that played through our youth team and I obviously saw him at very close quarters in those years. Kleine um, had this ability in every game he played, no matter whether it was a first team game or a youth team game, to just hit the same level all of the time. One of my very close friends uh, who's now the manager of South End United, Chris Powell, left back, had the same thing and I said to him when he was a, a young lad, He'll end up playing for England, which he did five times, which was remarkable at the age of 31. But because I saw this, it didn't matter when he was playing in League, what's now League 2, the old fourth division, or right at the top level in the Premier League, he still produced the same level of performance. And Kleine was the same, and I've got the same feeling with this fellow as well, to be honest. So uh, early days, but it's very positive. And I think, you know, for those years where you haven't had a few players... Suddenly, your man rubbed the magic lamp, and a twenty yeah. million pound player pops up and <laughs> that means probably twenty million pounds of uh, investment you've got one player you've got your money back again, haven't yeah. you so it's fantastic if you can produce those players yeah. the the money it saves and the and the the what it does for the fans as well yeah. you know you, you, you saw trying. at the end when he put the one over the bar yeah. and he, he, he put a poor cross in right at the death when he was under a little bit of pressure. Nobody turns on him as a guy. He's a kid that's playing for the club, local boy, and the fans do love people with a connection with the club, don't they?
3: He'll be afforded a lot more, and I think he'll thrive on that. You know, yeah. um, you see a lot of you know, Nat Klein, you know, those those traits in him. Um, and we were talking earlier about Hennessy and kind of, you know, how he can be nervous and that can be infectious in front of the back too um, in you know, two centre halves. I would say who's he played next to? He's played next to fosu Mensa, Tompkins, Kelly. Yeah. You know, and neither of those have kind of ever. You can see it when you've kind of got an inexperienced fullback that you're, you know, the right side centre half dr- keeps on drifting, and you almost play two right backs because he doesn't want him to be sold out. You know, they kept their position, and they said right you're playing right-back, you're going to do a right-back job. You, know, you could be Wan-Bissaka, you could be Joel Ward, you could be anyone, we're going to leave you out there. And I think that's a, you know, a credit to the impression he's had on his teammates. They're willing to give him the ball. You know, 93rd minute, put a cross in, we are willing to let you have that, that, that ball in. Yeah, it didn't go as planned, but he's going to have his moment uh, very soon. And we just hope that you know, he'll be playing Premier League football for Palace for the foreseeable future.
0: Good stuff. I, I, what, I love doing this, probably. With you guys go, it's, it's always very positive. Like, <laughs> no matter what happens, like, I go and do the one of the midweek guys, and there's uh, sort arguments, and there's oh, there's people are down in the dumps. You guys... we haven't had time to read Twitter yet, that's
2: why I get called deluded by people, <laughs> Jim Or, or, or like. what's his <laughs> name? That's, that's, yeah, or what's his name <laughs> on the BBS? Yeah. No, no I, I think I do. I honestly believe, and I, I, I'm talking to Skippy, and I know you. I don't believe we're one of the third worst teams in the Premier League. We're absolutely 100% not. Yeah, yeah. And if we end up in the bottom 3, I'll be <laughs> sick. Yeah, that's yeah. the word. Because I don't want to say surprised because the things that have been thrown at us so far this season, you could kind of say well, we've had we've had plenty of blows and that to bounce off the ropes a couple of times with the start and the injuries and yeah. And so on, you know. And, and the,
0: the second goal today, you know, it's an yeah. unfortunate goal to concede. Yeah.
2: It's very easy in these situations to feel sorry for yourself and to roll out, you know, the the, the lines. Oh, this is what happens to teams that get relegated. And, you know, da, da, da. it's not it's not like that. I think you've got to roll up your sleeves and everybody's. We're going to have everybody back, like Skippy said. We've got to dig in now and hopefully, you know, we, we can turn. Next week is a big game. But I'm like I said to you, I'm I'm low to build it up because if we lose, inevitably they'll be we're down, we're down, we're down. Well, there's still seven games, which yeah. if we, you know, I'm I'm not one of these people that ever, ever, ever counts their blessings. You know, even with people with West Brom saying to me. Oh, they're down. They're down. They're down. Well, we know that Alan Pardew is a streaky manager. Yeah. If Alan Pardew wins two games, he might win six. You know what I mean? And that that terrifies me. Actually, you know. So, I, I, I think we have to be positive and sensible and realise that we've come up short in the last few games because of our lack of quality. And if I'm honest, the teams we put out against Everton, against Tottenham. And against Manchester United, you if that was your best 11, you might well get relegated with that. But that isn't our best 11. And I know everyone has injuries, but not 12. You know, and I think if we can get it together, I'm hopeful. I'm really hopeful. But I'm, uh, the Liverpool game, we might, after that break, you know, that might be the, the one, if we can get a result at home and the, the crowd onside bit like the Chelsea game after the 70 I think we might need that again to give us that catalyst for the last seven games or whatever it will be then, yeah.
3: So you can be my life coach. Seriously, I would go to are very for reasonable. I'm
2: <laughs> <laughs> only five grand an hour, it's no problem. Uh, yeah. it's, it's
3: what you said about, you know... Um, you know I'm an out-of-work comedian. <laughs>
2: I'll do my best to help you with that as well. <laughs> there you are, yeah.
3: About feeling for sort of ourselves, I think if, you know, if we had a certain previous manager in, in charge... He would be, you know, making it known to the media that, oh, you know, this is what's befallen on me. It's not my fault sort of thing. You don't hear those excuses from Roy. Um, And I think that's kind of one thing that is quite admirable. You know, he has been given um, a pretty crap hand to deal with, with the injuries, the way he came in, the position, of the club. Um, You know, it's a transfer window that probably didn't go as he wanted. Um, But you don't hear any echoes of him and, you know, the man's 70. He should be, you know, retired, out on a beach, you know, living life because he got a big payout from England, you know. He I'm, wants to be here. I'm, I'm 25 and I'm contemplating when I can retire. This <laughs> man is 70 and his enthusiasm to work and his desire to kind of, you know, my work isn't as difficult as what he's going through <laughs> and I want to retire. you got to feel differently. And I look at dad. him and I'm like, you know, you know, he's out there with a smile and, he lives and breathes every kick, you know, he celebrates goal as if he's a fan, <laughs> his head slumps when we concede in the 90th minute, I'm like, you're 70, my heart can't take it. I don't know.
2: He's a wily old fox, yeah. isn't he? And I think experience yeah. is yeah. good experience, bad experience, even with the England stuff and all the negativity around him, it's still experience, yeah. you know, there's no even bad experience, you know, and there's a lot in that, what... But don't kill you. Only makes you stronger. And Definitely, I yeah. think he's probably reached a point where. And I, I, I quite admire the fact he doesn't seem to really care what anybody says or thinks too much. And yeah. and he just gets on with his job. And every time they ask him, well, how many points do you need and all that, he's saying. I don't know yeah. whatever we need we need you know and, and I, I, I'm with him because we don't know how many points we yeah. need do we I? I
0: think in the next few weeks that experience and that level headedness from Roy will actually pay dividends for us massively yeah. um, guys we're a longer than usual pod but it's an absolute pleasure talking to you so thank you, you so you much
2: picked a couple of real talkers tonight kid, didn't you, you well, really, it makes my job a lot <laughs> easier <laughs> <was gonna> <laughs> to be honest <laughs> so, uh, take also, us on your next tour if there's one of you still listening that hasn't hit the pause button or <laughs> turned turn us off
3: for right now thanks very much <laughs> yeah. (laughs) there's a Dougie t-shirt in the post
0: (laughs) (laughs) guys thanks very much for being here Uh, listeners thanks very much for listening the full pod which won't be much longer than this one um, will be with you during the week Um, so check check it out for that Uh, follow us on social media at FYP Fanzine and let us know your thoughts on the game and and Palace in general and keep the faith because some big weeks coming up but I think we might we might be alright anyway thanks for listening see you again soon bye